0: Welcome to Out of the Box with Christine, the podcast for conscious entrepreneurs. Are you willing to step into your greatness? Are you ready to shine? Well, get ready, truth seeker. You're in for an amazing ride. And now, here's the host of the show, Christine Blasdale.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Out of the Box with Christine. I am your host, Christine Blasdale, and you are in for a, a treat today because my guest, oh my goodness, Sage, We, I've been wanting to get you on the show and talking to you for a long time, <laughs> a very long time, so I'm really glad that you're here. Uh, my guest today is the fabulous Sage Taylor Kingsley. And she is known as the prosperous goddess. That's how I really know her. She is a word wizard, marketing mojo, money magician, and um, a, a, a beautiful healer as well. And today we're going to be talking about healing because as a conscious entrepreneur, as a conscious human being, we are not going to be much good for the world unless we heal those wounds that we are carrying around like a big, heavy backpack. So um, I want to welcome to the show officially Sage Kingsley. Thank you so much, Sage, for coming on.
0: Uh, thank you so much, Christine. You are just one of the best podcast hostesses with the mostesses. You know, you are, you're such a great um, holder of the space and you bring together so many great visionaries and people who are heartful and have so much to share. So it's just really a joy and an honor to be here with you guys. And let's just get out of all those boxes, right? Yes. Get let's get boxes. out of those boxes. <laughs> and
1: my favorite thing is to bring master teachers to my audience um, who can help people get out of their own way <laughs> in many respects. The things that are holding us back, those subconscious thoughts, those beliefs and things like that, Now, what you're working with and what you have been helping many, many, many people with is this thing called the mother wound. And I, you know, when I first heard about that, I said, I was like, hmm, you know, I don't have a problem with my mom. That's the first thing. Right. And then I dug a little bit deeper and, you know, was reading what you were talking about. And it's more than that, isn't it?
0: Right, that's so true. Yeah, and um, really, I think um, it helps to understand um, what the mother wound really is. And so, if I can share, like the definition Please. that I've kind of come up with over the last few years, as I'm diving really deeply into this with people, um, the mother wound is all of your traumatic or painful patterns and your inner programs relating to your mother, yourself as a mother and your connection with the divine mother, feminine power, feminine energy. And that's also the energy of creativity and the energy of life itself. So when you broaden that and you go, okay, wait, it's not just about my relationship with my mother, although that's an important piece for a lot of people, right? It's also about you as a mother, if you're a woman, or if you didn't become a mother, the, the ways in which you show up and nurture in the world, right, and your choice that maybe you've made, Um, to not be a mother or yourself as an auntie or a mother of pets or, you know, whatever, right. Different ways like that. And then when we really get to the deepest level, and this is what was so beautiful as I was healing my own mother wounds, I have two because I have an adoptive mom and a birth mom. So I I had the double dose of two totally different sets of mother wounds to heal, which is why I had to step up and learn this really deeply. Um, What surprised me is that one of the missing keys was really connecting with the goddess, really connecting with the divine mother, the creator of all beings, what, whatever word you use for that, if it's mother earth, you know, or Gaia or Lakshmi or Isis or, you know, what Mother Mary or, you know, whatever kind of archetype or like form that takes for you. Um, because I realized that my inner child um my little baby self, I was adopted, right? So that part of me like wasn't actually held by my mother, was not breastfed, did not get that nurturing, that important bonding. So this is really important work for adoptees, anyone who, and uh, even birth mothers too, You know, anyone who's had any kind of losses around motherhood or children or anything like that. Um, and there were so many layers, it took me about two or three years you know, of uh, really, I mean, intentionally working on my mother wounds for every day, like for a couple of years to really get to this place of, wow, that's just not there anymore. You know, it's just like, I'm not carrying this around anymore. And it's like the word and the feeling that came to me was liberation and what i've noticed with other people too they say things like i feel free like like you were saying christine i'm no longer carrying this this baggage this weight even if it was subconscious even if we think oh i have a pretty good relationship with my mother or my mother's passed on and you know i've made peace with that you know or i've never known my mother but i've made peace with that there's still some part underneath there that's that longing, you know, little girl or a little boy that maybe isn't really peaceful with that yet. So there's a lot of different aspects to the healing one, one aspect is reconnecting more with the divine mother and, and being being your own mother, you know, being your own, <clears throat> like being that mother or healthy parent for yourself. Um, hang on, self love moment.
1: <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. There and, we go.
0: That uh, is we talk and,
1: um, <laughs> you know when you and isn't it isn't it odd that when you bring up the words divine mother so many of us because we have been you know for centuries uh plagued with this dogma of a male god a father figure a vengeful God, an angry God. I mean, let's, let's face it until just recently, you know, you're born in sin and you're going to go to hell unless you do this and go through the priest or go through the church in order to gain. Right. But we've never ever been taught or um, guided to connect with the divine mother. And so that concept for many people that are watching this or listening to the, the podcast they're they may be scratching their head going what is that can you dive into a little bit more for for our wonderful listeners and and viewers
0: absolutely thank you so much for asking that it doesn't really matter what religion you have or if you don't have a religion you're spiritual but not religious or even if you're agnostic or atheist or or undecided about all that right um we there's this thing we call feminine energy and masculine energy, right? We all we all get that. We understand that no matter what physical form we're in, we're we're in one gender. Some people, very few number of people have both genders embodied. Um, but whatever physically our embodiment is, there's male energy and there's female energy, you know, in the world. And part of our joy and task and mission and work is to integrate both of those energies and you're so right christine because we were really uh most of us especially if we were raised any kind of judeo-christian um but i think probably also true for like islam and probably some of the other religious backgrounds as well um were, we're taught and and i would say almost brainwashed i <laughs> was so right that was coming?
1: i yeah. I'll, I'll say it brainwashed <laughs> thank you <laughs>
0: That, that God and that all that's divine, all that's holy, all that's sacred, and even from that broadening out to all that's good, even is male, right? And that and there's this whole like demonization of, of femaleness, right? And we've seen that with like, yo, know, you have to use all these douches and your smells are bad and your, your your liquids that come from you are bad. And, you know, it's just in your, forget about like when you're on your period, you know, you're like, you know, this crazy screaming Mimi that can't be trusted. You know, I mean, all these incredible judgments. And it's not only men that have had those judgments of femaleness, but we have also um, internalize them. And that's even when we're putting ourselves in jail, right? The the jail, the you know, the chickens that were kept in too small of a cage, and then you open the the door, they still stay in the cage. You know, yeah. it's like that song by the Eagles, uh, "Never Realizing That I Had the Key." You know, never even knowing that I had the key to unlock my own chains, right? Um, so we we have the keys, and I I am not the goddess oriented teacher and feminist who says male male is bad no male is not bad male energy can be used for protection for empowerment for action it's the yang you know fiery doing principle and we all need to be good at that right we also need to honor the feminine the being the allowing the receiving the intuiting right and they both have creative aspects so making not only peace with, but really fully embodying our divine feminine as well as our divine masculine as holy, as good, as sacred, and in a way that's, that's brought to earth, that's brought fully embodied. You know, I talk about embodiment, empowerment, enrichment, and enlightenment, and we can have all of that. So imagine what this world would be like right? If we had so much more of these feminine principles of creation and collaboration, you know, and, and, um, inspiration and intuition, exactly. We're both in the division at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so it's so important. And I think many of us really smart women, really go gettery women, um, have have leaned more in it toward our masculine energy because we're like, you know, hey, I don't need anybody to do things for me. Like I'm strong, like I can do that for myself. I got this, I'm superwoman, I'm Wonder Woman, you know, woo-woo, you know, and, and I love that vibe too. But we also need to know when we need to receive and when we need to uh can I cuss on your show?
1: Go right ahead.
0: Slow the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we need to just stop. And let go and breathe and, and say yes to being supported so we can give, so we can give and we can do and we can create and produce and prosper from an overflowing place. And that self-love is one of those most important keys. And that's one reason I love you and your work so much too, Christine, because you get that, you know, you had a post recently that was like self-love saves lives, right? And I saw that, I was like, oh. Oh yes, yes. If we could just all be raised with that and raise one another up and ourselves up with that, with true self-love and and self-celebration. And you know, that doesn't mean I'm better than you. It means that I am worthy. I'm worthy of all the pleasures. And treasures, and so are you, and so are you, and, and you. S- and you, you know, all exactly,
1: beautiful. it's it's not a selfish kind of thing. It's it's yeah. that we all are, and and you know, isn't it interesting to the way that we beat ourselves up? I mean, this this just seems to be just an epidemic uh, in many proportions, especially with women, but also also with men, um, because we're not living up to these standards, quote unquote, those airdrop air quotes, those standards that society has placed in front of us. You know, you don't look a certain way. You don't make a certain amount of money. You, um, you know, you, you live in a, in a, you know, strange neighborhood or whatever it is, we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people. And, you know, and we haven't even gone into the whole, the, the mother wound per se, but we already at right out the gate, we're comparing ourselves with other people. And of course, if you're seeing people that are, you know, on social media and, and, you know, that are every picture is really, you know, ah, we're living the high life and you compare it to your life, you can go, Hey, you know what? I, I'm, I'm less than, and this is what I, the message that I try and get through with these podcast episodes is that that's silly talk. <laughs> basically.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: You know, everyone has such beautiful, unique gifts and, and, we just want like with these, the programs, we want to help people get through the muck, the mud, so that they can run and they can fly. That's the whole idea. So, um, so diving back into um, the divine mother. And I know that you said earlier, you know um, you know, you can picture the divine mother in different ways. Some people picture it as uh, Gaia as mother uh, Mary. Um, I know for me, even though I don't know Anything about her? For some reason, the image or the energy of—is it Quan Yin?
0: Yeah, Kuan Yin. Mm-hmm. Kuan
1: Yin. I don't know anything about her. I just know that I, I, I feel her presence. I, I can feel that energy. And, right. um, and have you ever? Have you? Um, are you familiar with Neil Donald Walsh and Conversations with God?
0: Yes, I have read all four, I believe, of the books and. Um, it was cool because way back when book one came out, I wasn't doing any channeling. I didn't even know what that really was. If anything, it seemed like a weird thing that was a little scary or like fishy.
1: But what is he doing? What I,
0: realized, what, is that? But what I realized when I was reading the book, I was like, oh, he's, he's tuning in. He's, he's listening. You know, I love in the book one where he's like basically writing like an an, almost an FU letter to God. He's like, you know, you let me down. My life sucks. I'm divorced. I'm homeless. Everything's falling apart. Like, I don't even believe in you. And all of a sudden, God's starting writing back to him. Right. And it's like, well, hey, here's the story. And it's always about love. Right. It always comes back to a message about love and really all the great spiritual teachers with you scrape underneath all the stupid dogma that humans projected on top of it. That's control. (laughs) (laughs) Control power over dynamic. If there's there's any truth to it, it's just a message about love, you know? So yeah, I loved reading his books and um, I do a lot of channeling myself, channeled writings and channeling of the divine mother, Archangel Michael. Um, And we can learn all of us, all of us, we can all be, we are all intuitive. We're born knowing we're born like little buddhas, little goddesses, little, you know, Christ like beings of just pure love and light. And then all the other crap is just like placed on us. Yeah. yeah. And it's really more a matter of releasing it and and remembering, you know, remembering and reclaiming the beauty that's that's underneath it and that we truly are.
1: Well one one reason why I bring up uh conversations with with God is that yes, I, I also I read the books, but I remember coming in contact with the audio version of conversations with God. And I can't remember if it was the first one or the second one, but it was early on and it was the audio reading of conversations with God. And I believe it was Neil Donald Walsh as, as Neil Donald Walsh asking, you know, Hey God, you know, but what I loved about it and it really blew my mind is that when God was answering, first of all, they had the, the voices of God was uh, Ed Asner, who I love and who, uh, <laughs> who is such a great voice.
0: Probably that, yeah.
1: <laughs> so it was Ed Asner, but it was also Ellen Burstyn. And so mid sentence, brilliant. I got goosebumps. I got goosebumps all down my right side. So mid sentence in an answer back to Neil. God as the voice of this, you know, gruff Ed Asner uh, type voice. He'd be talking and this, and then, and then it would switch to Ellen Burson. And I, my mind just went that this, the, the God energy, the the love, the God energy, love, whatever you want to call it, the divine is not male or female, but it is a, um, it is it, just having that beautiful blend of both the female and the male the the divine masculine divine feminine energy speaking back as god i was like oh my oh my god <laughs> yeah,
0: it was right really hard, i'm shifting and mind blowing for you and expanse and for you and that's that's i think the missing piece about the mother wound healing the mother wound and the mother wounds also the sister wound that's an interesting thing that, that came through my work as i was leading a group of women uh through the mother wound healing uh we have a group program with that there's also self-study and there's a free quiz there's lots of ways private centers lots of ways people can access it uh, but anyway with one of the groups what i was noticing is that we were finding there's also this woundedness around women like other from other women which we decided to call the sister wound and like, wow. And I realized that some of the worst betrayals in my life um, and and I'm, I'm mostly heterosexual. I've had some glitches with women too, but I'm like, yeah, somewhere along the scale there, you know, kind of more on the straight side of the scale. But, but I realized that most of the worst wounds were not male romantic sexual partners, they were like from female friends or like sister type, you know, women my age, basically my generation, right? It's like, wow. So there's a whole other thing that came out as as we were teaching that and leading people through the mother wound healing of healing the sister wound so that we can really feel safer and feel seen and heard and in our relationships with other women and no longer have these dynamics where we're the only one holding up the friendship or we're doing 90% of the work, you know, whether it's with a sister or a cousin or, or a collaborator, you know, business partner or a friend or whatever. So it's interesting. It's, it really helps us heal our relationship with femininity within us, and with our relationships with women and how we show up as women Uh, who are also comfortable with our with our masculine energy and with other people's masculine as well as feminine energy but uh it's amazing there's so many layers to it there's the self-love layer there's the sister wound you know there's the what happened as a child when you were an inner when you were a little girl or a little boy even what happened for you what about in utero you know, what was going on?
1: That is there. really that is really big because people think it's about what happened to you once you've come to this planet and you're walking yeah. around. But what happens when you're in the belly of your mama is yes, there's, absolutely. There's
0: really important pieces there. And there's also, I think, a huge, uh, a really important element, which is the generational and ancestral aspects. because well, with that, We haven't even gotten into that. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, this is like so many hours of conversation here, right? Um, Our mothers are the reflection of how they were mothered, right? And they're from how they were mothered. And you kind of go like, wow. So one thing I love helping women do is heal that all the way back to what we think of as first woman or first mother, you know, however you envision that. It doesn't have to be like Eve in the garden or whatever. You know, it's just like as far back as you can kind of imagine, you know, through your your lineage through all the mothers all the way back and healing that entire lineage. And we heal it all the way backward. And then we heal it all the way forward, Christine, all the way forward for the children, not just seven generations, but all the generations forward. And whether that's through our physical children or all the lives that we get to touch, you know, as an embodiment of God, goddess ourselves, Everyone whose lives we get to touch, and everyone they get to touch. And it just becomes this incredible, just gorgeous, like truly infinite, omnitemporal, omnidimensional healing that's just phenomenal. And people just come out of that like, wow, I had <laughs> no idea that there was so much to it, you know, and there's even past life stuff too. Sometimes like, Oh,
1: for those, Oh, definitely. Uh, I I believe life. that wholeheartedly. Yeah. I believe we've been reincarnated, you know, thousands and tens of thousands of times. I know that some people go what, but um, I, that's my personal belief that I've been here many times and I've been here as a man and has been here as a woman. I've reincarnated so many different times. That's oh, yeah. why also my, my gender, my, my expression of myself is a blend of masculine and feminine. Yeah. Yeah, and, exactly. and I feel comfortable that way. Right. And, um but that's also in respect of my masculine side and in respect of my divine feminine side. But when you, if you think about it, um, if we've, if we have reincarnated, you know, we've, and, and there's been times where I go, Oh, I know I was a witch that was burned at the stake. <laughs> I know
0: and that's actually part of the healing with all of this too is the suppression of of women and especially our our spirituality and our magic and our power you know so uh and it
1: wasn't power like a and it wasn't like being able to poof you're a frog it was just right 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 it was you know it was just saying hey excuse me i don't think it's i don't think it's right that you rape that child oh you're a witch you know it's like wait wait a second <laughs> no I mean, we've come through some really dark ages, you know, the dark ages, uh, it, it, you know, it just boggles the mind, um, th- not, not only how, you know, human beings have been treated throughout the centuries, but particularly women. And as we're talking about those generational wounds that need to be healed um, and, and those wounds within us, no greater group of people than African-Americans who, my goodness, you know, generation after generation, those wounds are so deep. And, and I just, that's why I think the work that you do is so powerful for so many people.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and I would like to bring into our gorgeous conversation that I love so much. I feel like I could just talk to you for like ever, um, I would like to bring in the concept, too, of how does this affect entrepreneurs, right? Um, As as conscious entrepreneurs, as people who were visionaries, we have a message, we have a mission, we sometimes need to be more aligned with it, more clear about it, or more bold, more confident, more out there, more out of the box, (laughs) and shining more brightly in the world. So well, I was thinking about this this morning and, like, how does the mother wound specifically, how does healing that liberate entrepreneurs? Right, and I would love to hear your thoughts on that, Christine. Because I bet you you'd be really good at connecting those dots, and then I'll share some of my ideas too. What do you think happens for people who they have these type this type of woundedness of suppression or feeling less than or feeling judged, or maybe they had a narcissistic mother or someone who wasn't available, or maybe they wanted to be a mother and they never got to be a mother, or maybe they lost a child, or they're estranged. You know, from a child or children, or they just feel disconnected from their femininity and from the earth, from their body, right? All of these pieces, any of these could be the case. Um, what do you think would happen for an entrepreneur when they break free from all of that stuff and they really come fully into their power? Of oh, love?
1: The sky's the, the limit. limit. The sky's the limit when you're able to When you're able to recognize what those wounds are and not judge it and not judge yourself or beat yourself up about those things, you know, coming, um, if someone is in a family where there is a narcissistic mother, that is, that is difficult because your neuron, you know, and same thing with an abusive, if you've been uh, in a, if your mother has been, or, or parents in general have been physically abusive or sexually abusive or verbally abusive, those neurons those neural pathways have been pretty much dug in and that's what you expect you know i i am worthless i don't deserve to be happy i i'm i'm useless you know those things if you were treated that way and even if you're 20 30 40 50 60 years old even though you're trying to be successful, of course I want to be successful. Of course I want to provide for my family. Those wounds, those deep seated wounds are going to hold you back in many respects. For me, even though I was surrounded by a beautiful um, uh, divine mother energy with my, my mom, with my, with my mother who suffered tremendously uh, with my father And, um, finally decided to leave when I was like two years old, because it was just got to that point where she was, I can't, you know, couldn't do it anymore. Um, and so, but she was so loving and nurturing to me and said, you know, you can do anything. You're beautiful. You're wonderful. And then my grandmother who I just talk about and I get all teary because she's, her presence is with me all the time. Very loving, very, very, um, a part of me my grandmother, right? But as a, as a child, I had an abandonment issue where even though, cause I just wanted to be with my mom or my grandmother all the time. And the situation had to be where I had to be with my dad. And that felt like, um, I couldn't understand it. Of course, I couldn't put it into words, but it was, it felt like being abandoned. Yeah, um, even though I, even though I still got to see my, I still got to see my mom, you know, on the weekends and things like that. But I remember having such great depression on Sundays because Sunday night meant I had to go back and I wasn't going to be with my mama. So until I realized that wound, you apply it to your relationships. If, if someone that you, you know, you're crazy about, uh, doesn't return a phone call or a text. All of a sudden, you're like, "What? What's wrong? Are you know? Are you abandoning me too?" You may not yeah. verbalize it, but yeah. that's a wound that is going to be your first response,
0: right.
1: right? And the same thing if you have a client or a potential client, and you have this great presentation, and you're like, "This is the person I want." Oh boy, I can't wait to get them to work with me as a, a as a, a student or a or a client, and they don't return your call, or they say, "You know what? It's just not right for me." We, we can take it personally if we don't deal with those wounds. Does, right. does that make sense? Am I on the right
0: page? Oh, we absolutely <laughs> I love everything that you just shared. That's so true. And it's so important. And even though your adult self understands that your little girl didn't do anything wrong that mom wanted to be with you your grandmother wanted to be with you and you tell yourself that and your mom in your case your mom and your grandmother even told you that and showed you love you know but there was a circumstance that got in the way of you being able to be physically present with them so some part of you internalized uh well maybe they don't love me enough or maybe i'm not lovable enough or maybe there's something wrong with me or maybe maybe i made them mad or maybe they're punishing me somehow, or You know, maybe they wish I was a boy or maybe they wish they didn't have me or, you know, you can get into all these kind of weird things and you're just a little freaking kid, you know? You're a little kid. So, you know, all these kind of things, right? Uh, And I know for me as an adoptee, um, I understood why a 19 year old woman in the 60s who was unwed, actually she got pregnant. They were both virgins. I was a double virgin pregnancy instantaneous, (laughs) which now I can laugh. I'm like, oh, my goodness, you poor people. I feel so bad for you. Um, You know, I understand why, you know, she made that choice. But there's still this subconscious, like infant, you know, like pre-verbal. It's a primal thing you know, that was like longing for that. And it's interesting because like adoptees have more health problems. I've had a lot of health challenges. Thank goodness. I'm doing a lot better. Um, but you know, I almost died 20 times. I've almost literally crossed over like freaking 20 something times. I stopped counting, but I'd rather have, instead of so many near death experiences, especially the unhealthy ones, <laughs> um, I would rather have more fully alive experiences. So I'm cultivating FAEs, fully alive experiences Um, And the great thing is with my uh, birth mom and my adoptive mom, I, I had periods of time with both of them where I literally had to have either no contact or low contact for a variety of reasons. And now I can joyously share that I have a harmonious relationship with both of them. I feel so much love for both of them. They have a tremendous amount of love for me and they're even able to love each other So it's been super cool, actually, a number of times bringing my birth mother, my adoptive mother and myself together. And they're like, it's like this mutual admiration society, Christine, where they're like, thank you so much for choosing to give her life and bringing her into the world and and letting me raise her. She's she's the earth angel. She's just the most important thing to me. And And if you hadn't made that choice... I can't imagine what my life would be like, thank you for raising her. I see so much goodness in her that I know it's because of how you raised her. And I'm like, oh, oh, my God. (laughs) And I thought, oh, (laughs) this is such a blessing. So, um, you know, and not everyone with whatever their parental situations are, they might not always get something to that harmonious level. Or sometimes parents have already crossed on you know, to the other side. But the great thing is, here's the great news. Great news, great news is no matter where you're at, with your childhood, with the generational stuff, with the past life stuff, your all of your experiences with female energy, as a mother, with women in your life, no matter where you're at, with all of that, whatever crapola has gone on, it is healable. And it's healable pretty quickly. I'm not talking 20 years of talk therapy, blah, 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 blah. Some talk therapists do right? I don't mean to say that there's not a place for that because there is. not I've had some great talk therapists sometimes too. But you've got to get to the root. My sisters and brothers out there listening, you've got to get to the root causes of things. If you don't want to just see... It come back in a different form, different face, you know, a different name. And there is a spiral of progress that you go on sometimes, but you can also have rapid like portals of transformation where it's just literally like a light switch in like a day or a minute, you know, like, whoa, amazing. I'm not triggered about that anymore. That's so incredible. And then all of a sudden your energy is freed up instead of all this like subconscious emotional energy, mental, dealing with all that stuff, um, consciously or subconsciously. Now all of a sudden you're freed up for what? For your purpose. You're freed up for your freaking mission. You're freed up to move forward and be the amazing you that only you can be fill that you shaped hole in the world, is how I like to say it. Only you can do that. The world needs you to be playing full, full, full on as an entrepreneur, as a visionary, as a messenger. You are outside of the box, people. Okay, That's why you're an innovator. That's why you're a pioneer. That's why you're not just doing a paycheck job. Or if you're at a paycheck job, you're probably also doing your purpose or your transitioning, right? But you are creating something amazing and unique and it's beautiful. It is so, so sacred and holy and good and beautiful. You're also freed up to have healthier relationships.
1: Absolutely.
0: And you're freed up to be healthier because all that stuff takes energy away from your life force and your light source and your happiness, health and harmony in life. So it's really important.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, yes, definitely. I mean, um, you don't need to uh, convince me that those wounds that we hold, those ones that we're not even aware of, affect our health and well-being, our mental health, but also our physical health and how that manifests um, as well. So, okay, so we've gotten the um, concept and an idea, and most people that are watching this or listening to this can kind of relate some scenarios uh to themselves but let's talk about um let's talk about some things that people can do and i know we're going to throw out your website so that people can reach out to you because you're such an angel you are an angel on the earth um and and i know that you've helped so many people and we want to um to let people know how they can reach out to you but um let's say you you know let's say you are a a child of of a mother who was either emotionally not there or who was um, mentally not well. And they themselves had been, um, you know, maybe abused, but they weren't the mother that ever, you know, they weren't the the June Cleaver, let's put it that way. Nobody was June Cleaver, not even June Cleaver, but, (laughs) but, um, but let's say we are someone whose, whose mother was not well, um, and either they're still here, you know, on this planet, or they've passed on how do we how do we begin to heal that mother wound?
0: Yeah, so that's so great. I'm glad that you asked that. Um one thing that I came up with in going through this myself on this journey and then having the honor of leading other people through it, and then creating a self study course because not everyone can do private sessions or a live group or a retreat. We had a retreat at Mount Shouse. So that was awesome. Not everyone can do like those more super in-depth ways of support. So we do have the self-study course. And the self-study course leads you through, and I'm just going to throw out these nine gates. And so some of these nine gates you can do to some degree on your own. And some of them you might go, oh, wow. You know, I need some help with with some (laughs) of those more than others, right? So um, having kind of a framework For the journey to fully healing the mother wound can be really helpful. Uh, You guys can find these nine gates on my website, motherwoundhealing.com. If you're not able to write them down right now, don't worry. You can pop over there and uh, you can catch them over there. Um, So the first gate is healing your inner child. So even if you think your inner child's okay, there's another layer there.
1: (laughs) There's more layers, more
0: levels, more lifetimes of stuff. Right. So healing your inner child, one of the greatest things you can do about healing your inner child is learn to play more. Right. Because we have all been so suppressed of, you know, your imagination, you're just imagining that. And, you know, that's not, that's not real. That's, you know, stop being goofing off, you know, right. All this kind of voices that we have heard and messages that we were giving. So make a date. This is your homework. I call it home love. I call homework that I give my students and clients home love because homework sounds like high school and home love is how you love yourself more. So one of your home loves is boys and girls. Yay. Girls and boys is to tune in with your inner child. Do this today. Do this tonight before you go to sleep and just. What did you love to do when you were a little kid? Think of what maybe three things, four or five things. Write it down in your journal, write it on an index, write it on a post-it note, whatever, right? What are some of those things that you love to do when you were a little kid? What about you, Christine, when you were like, say, three to six years old, seven years old? You know, what were the things that you just, if you were left to your own brothers, that's what you would be doing? You know
1: <laughs> yeah, you know I well, um first of all, i loved I loved going to the ocean because I lived in the city and I lived in um in the valley the San Fernando Valley, and it would get so hot, and I remember just like being like sitting in my house going, it's so hot, I just need to go, so uh going to the beach was something that I loved, and um sometimes having a picnic with my mom and things like that but also I was, I was alone very much. I, I, and, and I, luckily I had a really good imagination. And so I would explore and use my imagination and pretend like I was, you know, pretend like I was a scientist, a mad scientist in the lab or, um, yeah. play a uh, store, you know, I loved playing store. Did you play store?
0: I did just play the yeah. store was so fun. Yeah. Yeah. You so you have or something or yeah. My grandmother
1: would would have a, whatever it was if it was a coffee can or egg yeah. a, egg carton and things like that and I'd yeah. I'd have in my little store, you know, would you like would you like to buy some things in my store and and um you know whatever it was orange juice cans whatever it could. But um but I loved playing that. Yeah. Am I course, that should so I play good. that now? <laughs>
0: Yeah, you're so cute. Can I have 3 of those? I want to buy 3 of those. Yes. <laughs> okay, I like 3 of those honey. How much is it?
1: Totally. And I actually had a toy a toy, okay. a toy <laughs> register exactly, I had a toy register oh, yeah. so that I could um once I <laughs> at, hit the buttons if you when you hit the magic button, it would ding and the little yeah, the little drawer would come out. And it was fake money. It was like Monopoly money. But I, I was already an
0: entrepreneur back then. I was like, yeah, that's right. Okay, it's on sale. You're totally reading my mind. I'm like, see, little, little tiny Christine is the entrepreneur. I wonder how many of us entrepreneurs love playing store or were like setting up lemonade stands or selling like little things that we were like...
1: I sold so you many know, things.
0: Like selling things, yeah, <laughs> and that's actually really healthy and cool to have that concept that, like, hey, I have something of value, and I I can get paid for that. <laughs> you know, I was thinking outside of the box, I love it. That's great. Yeah. What so, about
1: you? What about you?
0: Yeah, so I, I liked doing that too. I also loved anything with animals oh. and anything with reading or writing. So I would always be the writing reading a book or writing stuff I, I wrote my first song my first poem and my first book all at age nine <laughs> and that was a pretty busy year I was like a prolific year for me I came into myself at age nine some, somehow but I loved animals and I grew up in a household with my adoptive family that were not animal people and it's interesting because my birth family are all animal people so it was totally the nature versus nurture my genetic nature was like animals. I wanna have a dog. I want a horse. I want a cat, you know, something, right? Um, so yeah. So now as an adult, um I have tons of puppy playtime. Tons of puppy playtime, which which is great. Um and then writing, you know, for for me, like if I never had to work another day in my life, I would still probably write every day. I'd find something to express i'm currently in the middle of doing in the middle of of a year a year long of writing a poem a day for a year writing i'm writing a poem every day for a year
1: yeah so this will be a book i this will be a published book i presume
0: right right absolutely it might be one book or it might be multiple books i'll see how i i think you can do a calendar book oh that's a neat idea calendar you know
1: and and not like a wall calendar but i'm saying like a you know the little the
0: calendar so january
1: 15th is the here's the poem for january 15th i see it yes
0: Ah, see so everybody's home love is to think of at least one or two or three things that your inner child loves to do another fun thing for me is just bubbles i I always love bubbles i always love balloons like that's an instant party just give me bubbles, give me balloons. I'm like, we, you
1: know, <laughs> you know what's so, you know, what's so interesting about that? Cause now I'm thinking about uh, things that I loved when I was a kid, when I was about n- nine or 10, I remember getting for Christmas. It wasn't a puppy. It wasn't a bike. Uh, I got something that was like a puppy and a bike to me. And it was a simple, it was a Panasonic cassette recorder. And I remember getting this and going, "Oh, my God." I would record stories. I would interview my uh, at the time, my stepdad. I oh, would leave I are. would leave messages. I would leave messages for my mom because she worked late at night. And so when she came home, she could play the cassette recorder. I loved that thing. And lo and behold, I become, you know, a radio producer on air host and right. podcaster and podcast. Isn't that weird?
0: It, I think it's just so aligned and so beautiful, really, because it's like the signs of who we are, were present in. in when we were little. Yeah. Our play, especially like, you know, and I, I love to do things with writing. I have a copywriting business. I'm a, a selling author and a poet and also, you know, this is my journal, right? I always have a journal, like almost within a, a foot of where I am because I get inspired and I'm old fashioned and like to write things down. So, for you, the audio and the having the store, like those signs were already there. So, let's pop onto the gate too, because I know there's so much to cover. Now, here's the thing with each one of these gates, you guys, there are things you can do for yourself, right? That are like the lighter things, the easier things, or maybe that gate's not so hard for you, or you're pretty much already like living it pretty well. But other ones where you're like, ooh, I don't know how to do that. That's hard. Or uh, you know, if you feel stressed about it, if you feel like, oh God, that's going to be intense, or if you're like, oh, I don't want to deal with that right now. That thing that you don't want to deal with right now, that's probably the exact thing that you need to deal with, (laughs) and that you need support with, right? So reach out, reach out to me, reach out to Christine, reach out to whoever you know you feel like reaching out to to get sprained. The next gate is maybe uh the kind you might need support for maybe it's forgiveness and loving kindness so when we have the first thing is to allow ourselves to feel the anger because we were not taught or told that it's okay to feel anger especially we women right that's not ladylike you're a bitch right i mean all that kind of stuff right so there is a layer of anger to allow yourself to feel. And what happens is there is kind of a spiritual bypassing that goes on with a lot of well-meaning people who are like, just sprinkle love and light on it. I'm just getting my, my love and light sprinkler, and I'm just going to shake some love and light on it. I'm just going to make all the bad stuff go away. Uh, you got to go deeper than that. You can't just sprinkle love and light and be like, okay, I'm going to do my whole pono pono and I'm going to say, I forgive you and I love you and do my affirmations. You know, I do those things too. I do all those things. But when there's some deep unhealed stuff under the surface, you can't just go straight to the love and light stage. You've got to dredge that stuff up, learn what you need to from it. Sometimes you need to have a conversation with the person's highest self or with their physical human self releasing rituals uh hypnotherapy shamanic healing nlp emdr this is where you kind of call in like the big guns and you get the support where someone can hold the space for you because it's even for myself i had support too i did a lot of these nine gates on my own but there were some of them that i was like you know i need some help for that that's really like uh, icky, you know, comfortable and painful, and <laughs> I don't want to go there. <laughs> so, but when you get through, you get past that anger, you turn the wounds into wisdom, and you, you get the gift from it. That's when you can access the gift in that experience because there is a gift and there is something beautiful for you in there, but you don't find it just by going, Oh, love and light, it's okay, I forgive, I love. You got to really go kind of deeper into that. Right. So that's gate two is the forgiveness and and loving kindness. And I want to tell you a fun story. While I was going through all this healing with my birth mother, uh, I was really mad at her for a few years. And there's a reason for that, not not just the uh, original abandonment, but on my 50th birthday, she did not show up to an intimate lunch to celebrate me on my 50th birthday. She just did not show up. And I spent 45 minutes bawling my eyes out in the car, screaming and crying. My husband thought, like, oh my God, it's like somebody died, but like worse. The worst cry I've ever had in my life, crying, 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 crying. And I couldn't have much to do with her for like two or three years after that. It was so painful. Um, we ended up going through a lot of healing, right? And then after a few years, we were going to go away together, for an overnight mother-daughter thing, which we had only done a few times before. Uh, I didn't know her until I was 21. So the first 21 years, we, we didn't want in each other's lives. Um, but anyway, we finally go away to this mother-daughter healing thing after I've been doing two or three years of healing my mother wounds. And we get to this retreat, and I had this long list, long list in my journal, like 35 things I wanted to talk to her about. We're going to go over all these points, and I'm mad at you because you this and this and this and this and this. And this, and this. We get to the retreat, and I said, you know, my God, this really long list of stuff to process with you. I don't feel like talking about any of it right now, because I just feel so happy to be with you. And she was like, I just love you so much. Can we just love each other? Can we just be with each other and love each other? I'm happy to talk to you about anything we need to talk about, but this is what's important, is just being here. And we hug each other. We cry. And I really didn't need to talk to her about most of those things. A few of them, I did. But most of it, I was able to heal it within me, you know, because she wasn't available for part of that time. And I wasn't ready for part of that time to really talk about it. By the time we were ready to talk about it, it, most of it was dissolved. (laughs) It's like the wounds had gone away. I was like, wow, I don't even feel triggered about that anymore. Oh my God, that's amazing. It's like, it's just like it happened to someone else or it was in another life. Like, it's just like not even there anymore. So you can get to that, even for really painful things. You can get to a place where you have the peace in you, no matter what they do, whether they participate or not, or they're alive or not, or it's regardless, you can get to a place of more peace within you. So that comes a lot from the gate too. And gate three is rebirthing to the divine mother. And I'll just keep that short and sweet and say, you you can either figure out how to do that in your own beautiful way, what that would be for you. What is that to be rebirthed to the divine mother, you know, intuitively feel into that um, or reach out to me. Right. Um, Healing your ancestral lineage is, is gate four. And that's, Uh, where you literally do like a time travel journey, you know, back as far back as you need to go. Maybe you only need to go one or two or three generations back, or maybe you need to go all the way back. So that's where you're, you're releasing what needs to be released, but you're also reclaiming what you need to reclaim and honoring.
1: That is, that is so
0: powerful. Yeah. Exactly. So gate five, healing your past lives, reclaim your power. Gate six. Gate six is really important. Everybody lean in for gate six. Healing your sexual self. Oh, didn't you see? <laughs> yeah. And that's revitalizing your creative spark because that's your second chakra. This is your creativity and you know, your sexuality and your sensuality and your like, va-va-voom your va-va-voom with life as well as with whoever your sexual partner may be. So I'm going to give you all one home love. Can I give everybody a home love for gate six? Of course. I want you to pleasure yourself while you treasure yourself. Only on out of the box with
1: Christine. This is my guest. (laughs) You you are to pleasure yourself while you treasure yourself.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) We give fun home love around here. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, have fun with that. And then you can come back onto Christine or my Facebook groups and tell us that you had fun. We don't need the juicy details because that's between you, yourself and you. But we want you to have fun. So, and, and for a lot of you know men and women, that's like a thing they do like kind of by rote, but without being mentally present, or they don't pleasure themselves very often. that's so like, well, I don't have a partner, so like you know why bother? Kind of doing all that, um, or there's some other deeper stuff to heal, and that's why we say while you treasure yourself. So that's the missing piece. It's like actually like make love to this incredible temple. That you have, right, and that's just as important if you're if you're partnered or if you're single. It's either way, um, and you can get to where you're actually making love with life. That's my mission, and that's how I strive to live the day and you know just make love with life. So um, you are amazing, and thank you for allowing me to share that, Christine. <laughs> of course, <laughs> yay. So gate seven, and and you're kind of getting a sense, I think all of you as you're listening, that these things are kind of like a cumulative sort of journey, right? You know, each one kind of helps you go deeper with the next one. So gate seven is awakening your divine goddess essence. And that's connecting all that goddess part of you. Again, whether you're male or female, straight, gay, something in the middle, doesn't matter. You still have a goddess essence and it does matter. (laughs) And gate eight Is aligning with your sacred purpose and your earth mission. Because you're gonna have, by the time you get through gate seven, you're gonna have so much more energy and just zest and aliveness. What do you do with all this energy and aliveness and creative, like zing? You want to do something great with it. You want to share with the world, you want to make a bigger difference and be more prosperous too, have a bigger impact, right? So we get to that. And then gate nine. I like to play with words, as you know. So we call it going through your Yoni-verse portal, your Yoni-verse. Your Yoni is your, your feminine, you know, sexual organs there, your vagina and all your vulva and all that. That's a, a Hindu Sanskrit word for that is Yoni. Going through your Yoni-verse portal into ecstasy and bliss. So you have some homologues and you have a framework and you have kind of a, a concept of, the scope
1: of the train. And and you end up through portal 9 going to the, the universe in your yes. universe. Your I universe. love it.
0: <laughs> yes. <Woo. laughs>
1: I love it. Oh my gosh, I could talk to you forever. We and and I I hope you can come back. I know that I would love to would really love to have you come back and talk about the power of words. Because um as you know as, as you know, um there's a reason why they call it spelling, right? Um yeah, it's, magic. it's magic. Words are so magical. And I just want to say thank you though for um for sharing your words and your wisdom with our listeners and our viewers on on YouTube. It's just been such a magical time. I'm so looking forward to having you back. And you
0: can, I can't wait to be back. And I hope everybody enjoys their home love and, and uh, please feel free to reach out.
1: Yes, I would like to. Um, so I know that one of the websites that you had mentioned was motherwoundhealing.com. Is that correct?
0: Correct. Motherwoundhealing.com. And you can learn more about all of this there. There are some great free resources too, including a quiz that will help you quantitatively as well as qualitatively self-assess to what degree do you have a mother wound. And again, it's not only about your relationship with your mother, it's also about you as a mother and your relationship with the divine feminine. So all of that, it's going, you're going to come away from that quiz with some real good insights.
1: And then also if people are interested in, in working with you and helping having you help them uh, guide through this process and many processes. What's the best place? Is it uh is it still motherwoundhealing.com or is there another yeah, website?
0: Yeah, yeah. so motherwoundhealing.com, there's a place there where you can apply for a no-cost complimentary call with me. Oh brilliant. And we'll we can talk about whatever it is that you need, whether it's mother wound healing or it may be some, you know, something else, business, intuitive healing. Uh, so forth and then my uh, my word wizardry website is sageforyourpage.com. and that's a totally different branch of my business. That's where my writer self and my editing self gets really magical with entrepreneurs and you know really helps you get those aligned words of love and light so that you can um, get your message out and make more money and reach more people and make a bigger impact, especially if you don't love writing or if you're just like, why is my writing not converting? Why am I not having sales? Like, why does it feel so, eh?" you know, I I can totally help you with that. That's Sage for your page. So motherwindhealing.com, sageforyourpage.com. And I'm on Facebook, prosperous goddess. Just look for a be a prosperous goddess.
1: We'll make sure that in the show notes, we'll have links to all of that. So we'll have a link to the Facebook page. So people can, can be part of your community. We'll have a link as well to the motherwoundhealing.com And we'll have a link to the sage for your page.com uh, because I want people to get in touch with you and folks, again, um, you definitely want to take her up on their absolutely generous offer of her energy and time by having a free um, call, a free consultation. Uh, you know, if anything that you were listening to today resonated with you, if you got those goosebumps to, uh, if you said, yep, that's me, or, oh my goodness, I, I'm i listening to this, or I'm watching this right at the perfect time, it's no accident. It's You were supposed to, you're supposed to be um, introduced to this wonderful woman, Sage Taylor Kingsley. I want to thank you again so very much for being on Out of the Box with Christine.
0: Thank you, Christine, so much. I look forward to being back. Many blessings to everybody.
1: Many blessings, many blessings. And I want to thank you wonderful listeners and viewers on YouTube for joining me again on Out of the Box with Christine. Remember, you can subscribe, rate, review, share this video, uh, share this podcast with anyone that you think could benefit from it. This is really um, life-changing and supporting, life-supporting as well. So thank you so very much. If you want more information about the podcast, you can go to outoftheboxwithchristine.com. And if you want more information about me, go to christineblasdell.com. All those links will be in the show notes so that you can uh, navigate your way to our worlds. (laughs) All right. Until next time, as I always say, remember to think outside that damn box. Bye for now.